Hey everybody, it's your favorite sports show, Sports Counterpoints Podcast. I'm your host, GB. Got Brian and Coop on the lines. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? Glad to be back. Yeah, back to it already. It's uh, July the 9th, 2020. Uh, today's show, we'll be talking about HBCUs attracting top athletes. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that's historically black college and universities. Uh, sports and COVID, just generally speaking. Uh, we'll also talk about Black Lives Matter and current unrest in regards to the WNBA and NBA. And we'll get a little bit of football in there, too, talking about Mahomes' massive payday and Cam Newton to the Pats. So kicking it off, uh, it's funny because I think I mentioned I said this something something about this last year. Uh, athletes starting to go to HBCUs and we kind of kicked it around. But now it's actually looking to become a thing. So um, there's a couple of top basketball prospects I should know their names. I don't. I'm going to be real. Blue I don't Corey follow. Maker is one of them and Mikey Williams. Thank you. I don't follow prep hoops. I'm going to keep it honest. Um, but they're talking about taking their talents to historically black college and universities, especially with everything going on, civil unrest after what happened to George Floyd, Brianna Taylor, um, and countless others, unfortunately. So what do you guys think? I mean, I know Howard's going to be a hot topic of conversation as a D1 school with, um, you know, solid athletic facilities and Coop being an alumni. Uh, let's start with you. What do you think? Uh, well, I'm happy that McCoy Maker uh, made that decision. The reason why is kind of maybe for selfish reasons because I went to Howard, but also I'll be able to watch them a little bit more on TV because I know they're going to get games on TV. It can be ESPNU or or something, but usually you got to kind of search around the dial to find a black college game, and if you do, you're only going to find one. It's either from the SWAC or from the MEAC, and Howard is in the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Um, I was happy to hear, like I said, so I can uh, watch him on TV. He's the number 16. He's ranked the number 16th player in the United States. And he wants to get the number one player, I believe, or number two player, Mikey Williams from San Ysidro, California. He wants to get him uh, to come with him. Now, the reason why I think he asked him is because not only he's a top player in high school, but his mother went to Hampton University, who, which is a rival of Howard. So I'm not sure I know that. how That's that would up. work out. <laughs> I don't know how that would work out if he actually went to Howard. But um, but do I to answer the question? Do I think it's become a thing? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, being a person, I'm a person who refs a lot of AAU games, and you just don't hear. Of course, I don't referee a lot of top high school talent per se. I mean, I have a, a here or there time or two, but I don't. Players you ref are hurt right now, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, you know. That I never hear them talk about, you know, going to historically black colleges. It's, it's not really a thing. I know when I grew up, you know, we had a different world, which is a sitcom, a spinoff of the Cosby show. And, you know, it was, you know, based off of a historically black college. And so during that time, you had a lot of people that wanted to go. But now you don't have shows like that. And it's just not it's just not talked about. So I'm happy that Thumbmaker made that decision. But I don't think a lot of uh, players, uh, high school players do that. And also because. Uh, you get more exposure with these TV contracts going to these other conferences. And let's just be honest, they have the money and the facilities uh, to attract and allure these kids. Like Howard's gym is not really all that. I'm talking about the weight room. Uh, one of the weight rooms is as big as, you know, an apartment room. I mean, it's, it's not really that big. So to attract talent like that, you're going to have to have facilities. You're going to have to have money. And, uh, you know, historically black college, especially uh, like Howard, Howard, doesn't really have those type of resources and plus their education first they really don't take sports too seriously we have teams but we don't really take sports seriously it's pretty much just education so 
I think you might have another player do it here, another player do it there. Um, I saw uh, something yesterday where a top uh, high school football player has Howard in his top six. Now, the other schools are Georgia, Alabama, and whatever, LSU. So I'm not sure, you know, if he's actually going to go to Howard, but he put him in his top six. And uh, so as, as much as I would like to see that happen, um, I don't think it will. But one last point before I let you go, Brian. For these kids that only want to stay in school for one year, I don't see what's what's bad about that. I mean, you're only going to stay in college one year. I mean, why not get a historical black college experience, you know, before before you go on pro? So I wish they if they looked at it like that, then I think more of them would go. But I just from what I hear when I talk to these kids, whatever, they want to go to the Kentucky, the Arizonas, you know, their AAU uniforms is like after their colors, whatever. And plus the shoe company steer shoe companies have a real big influence in high school basketball about where these kids go. And a lot of these kids are sport supported by Nike or whatever. Like for instance, LeBron was Adidas all the way, but LeBron played for the Oakland soldiers, which was Nike. And I'm not about to get into the story, how that thing switched, how we went from Adidas to Nike, but the shoe companies steer you to certain colleges and certain avenues. So, you know, Howard uh, is, a, is under armor and under armor is not really a big player like that in the high school basketball game. B. You know, it's funny you mentioned the 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 uh, different shoe companies and how they impact it. Because when I was looking at colleges and, and going to all of that, uh, going through all of that, um, I was into track, right? That was what I did. And Asics was all you ever wanted to wear when you're in track. But uh, Morehouse is a Nike campus. They're sponsored by Nike. And one of the questions that I actually asked when I was on campus was, am I going to be able to wear Asics shoes? And the answer was no. And that was actually a really big deal. Um, now it just seems ridiculous that um, wearing a certain type of shoe would have impacted my my decision at the time. I obviously didn't. I ended up going there, but leaving before I ever did any sports. Um, anyway, for for McCur, you know, I think it's amazing. And Glenn, you did talk about this before, and we were talking a little bit about um, you know black athletes getting paid and black athletes um, being better represented in in college. And and you suggested that going to an HBCU might be a way for black athletes to, athletes to be better protected um, because they would be in a community that was built to protect, you know, the black student. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of logic to that. You just said, Jason, that you could understand why it could be attractive when you're going to be a one and done athlete. Uh, and I, I think that that's the way to approach it, right? You want to find these Mikey Williams mocker makers that are, that are pretty certainly going to be lottery type picks in a year or so come in. They can help you recruit. The other thing to remember is that the timing is different. So you, you were, you know, you haven't had an opportunity to really ref many games in the last couple months since the civil unrest came about, True. but high school players may actually start having these conversations because it's a copycat world, right? You know, these schools that are in the middle of nowhere, these Alabamas and, um, you, you know, uh, Clemson's and all of that, they're in the middle of nowhere. People go there because other people went there and you just need a couple. You just need to turn the tide. You know, people still go to UCLA now because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton and, and those folks having done it years ago. They, all you need is a couple names, a couple times to do it. And it may be if, you know, McCor and, and Mikey, they both end up there and they go and they make a run. Um, and then they have, they, they help recruit in the future, which, you know, I'm reading, I w was reading the Bleacher Report article written by Mocker Maker about why he made the decision to go, go there and how he grew up in Australia. And 
that the facilities that they had in Australia were no different than the ones they had at um, uh, at, at Howard. And, and so, you know, he felt he felt comfortable in that. And so he felt like there was never any reason and also help that he was he apparently grew up in Australia. I didn't know that until I read the article. Um, and so he didn't need to get caught up in the whole TV uh, situation. But to a certain extent, he kind of feels like he didn't say this, but, you know, the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Right. So if he is if he is on, on the team and you already said one of the reasons you were excited about this is because you'll be able to see your team on television and the ESPN schedule for next year hasn't been created. And if, you know, Mocker Maker is there and they're playing, you know, there's some scrub team on some night, they'll make sure that they do it so they can show them score, you know, 40 points. And if they get Mikey Williams, you know, that'll even be bigger. Um, you know, hopefully we'll even be able to see sports, but uh, you know, if they do, this is a really great opportunity for both of these, these uh, young men to start something, start and, and, and do it at a time where there is a going to be a conversation around education and around the cost of education for 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 black students, um, what it gets them. Um, you know, obviously these kids are going to be playing, uh, going to school for free, um, but they'll be protected and they're going to be able to speak to that. And they're not going to, they're going to, you know, Duke, great place, but everyone knows what Duke is. Duke is a predominantly white um sort of semi ivy league top education school that has a bunch of black athletes that play basketball and and and, and play for coach k when you have a, a school that has an um a an educational reputation like uh howard does and you know some of the other ones you know hampton and and uh you know morehouse is obviously a great uh, a great education but not a d1 school when you have these opportunities to get that, it's not unheard of. And, and we, we still haven't seen the impacts of the Pac-12 saying that payers can be paid for their likeness. There's going to be other conferences that are going to adopt it. And based on when they adopt it, let's say the MEAC decides to adopt it early, um, earlier than the, the, you know, the North Carolinas and the Dukes conferences, uh, you know, the ACC adopts it. There's a possibility. Now, I understand the skepticism because it's not, it's not a perfect situation. They're not going to be flash, uh, not be flashing, but these sh- can't miss kids. You know, they're going to go into the pros. They're going to get an agent. They're going to get shoe deals. Um, and they recognize that even at an early age, they, why not take a chance and go to a place where they might feel more comfortable I really hope it happens. I'm not suggesting that it definitely will. I really hope it happens. Um, but I think it's just awesome. No matter what, the story is awesome, right? A kid who did made a decision on where he's going to school almost purely for himself, at least from what he says in his article, um, because he felt comfortable there, because he felt like the community was a community that would, would embrace him, because he felt that he could go and focus on playing basketball and and, and, and be comfortable for the period of time. He doesn't mention that he's going to be there for one year, but for the period of time that he's in college. And I think that's wonderful. And I hope, I hope other uh, kids like Mikey Williams and all of that. And if for no other reason than if they do it, all of the North Carolinas and the, the Dukes and the Michigan States and, you know, all these other UCLA's, they're going to have to change the way they recruit. They're going to change. They're going to have to change the way they look at coaching and coaches 
because they're going to, you know, athletes might start looking for more coaches that look like them. Um, and they're going to look, they're going to have to offer a different type of experience and opportunity for those kids. And if even an iota of that happens as a result of one or two gentlemen picking an HBCU over a, you know, big basketball school, that's just wonderful. So, you know, that's, that's where I kind of come out. I don't know, Glenn, if you had anything you wanted to add. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as a, you know, HBCU graduate for sure, and being at Howard homecomings and graduating from Morehouse and just kind of the, I think the impact kind of everything you guys said is, is actually, you know, it's all spot on. I mean, I think Coop makes a good point about facilities, about the money infused into these programs. When you're, you know, if you're looking at a Duke, like you just mentioned, your facilities are going to be second to none, right? So you're under, but so if you're a one-year athlete or whatever the case is, and you're understanding where you're going, um, you know, and you can kind of deal with that and still have your trainer or whatever the case may be and work around it. Because, I mean, we both know that back in the day, you know, you go back 40 years, none of the facilities were like this. You know what I mean? It's all grown with money, et cetera. Additionally, as a couple of these guys go, that money, I think, gets infused into those programs because more people see them as viable options for their collegiate careers. Another thing, you know, is to me, the biggest thing is supporting the athletes, having the infrastructure there, you know, having the facilities, like Coop said, making sure that you can take care of them. Um, you know, they won't have to worry about financial aid. But, you know, there's certain stuff that HBCU grads laugh about and think about that become factors that affect your college career that they, they wouldn't have. But, you know what I mean? Certain stuff like that. I do think it'd be dope just being, you know, a young a young athlete on a campus full of black folks, I think it's a little bit different than being, um, you're not the, you're not in the fishbowl, if that makes sense. Um, as you walk around campus amongst a bunch of other brothers, um, not to say, you know, you won't get the cheers, you won't get the jeers or whatever, but I just think it's, it's just a different environment, you know, and to Coop's point, it is education first. So I don't know if you, maybe if you're not a one and done athlete, um, you know, the education you get is a little bit different and you're never going to be in those situations again. I mean, if you play in the NBA, obviously, you know, you're one of many brothers who are in a situation, but as you start branching out of the NBA into management to whatever, the brothers get less and less. And that's just how it is everywhere. So for me, a lot of it was being able to, you know, be amongst a bunch of black men, a bunch of black women who are doing something moving forward. Because now once I leave college, I'm not in those situations anymore. Um, I'm often, you know, one of two, one of three in a room. So that kind of stuff that they'll get that they wouldn't otherwise. Um, and if Mikey Williams is who I think he is, um, I've been seeing some of his tweets and he's like serious about it. Like, why shouldn't I get back to my community? Why shouldn't, you know, my play impact people that look like me? I think that's dope. And I think that does infuse money. That does infuse, you know, the TV contracts, et cetera. Because now one thing to Coop's point, if it's a, you know, a fad thing and a couple guys go, it's not going to change anything. But if a few players a year start thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this. Or if they decide, I mean, you're, you pretty much write your own ticket, right? So if two or three of those dudes said, you know, we're going to go to Howard, and then two or three said, we're going to go to, you know, uh, Texas Southern or whatever other school they choose, North Carolina A&T, whatever. I mean, you know, you, you kind of start shifting things a little bit, and it does create where they, to me, I think they have to show you if you put the talent there. And if you're super nice, you always get found. So as those guys can yeah. kind of make their own big threes, or whatever the case may be, I think they can kind of shift. You can kind of shift it because they got to follow you. Like yeah. ESPN's not going to be like, oh, well, they're at Howard, so we're not going to show the games. They're going to find out how to show the games right. because that's how they get their money. Because that's because they're going to get yeah. the views. Uh, Mocker Maker yeah. in his article, Glenn, actually talked a little bit about that. If you're, you're saying if, if you're nice, you're going to get found. And he said he points to, he's like, look, 
one of the greatest players in the NBA today, Steph Curry, didn't go to a big school. Correct. Some of the NBA greats like Scottie Pippen, Rick Mahorn, Ben Wallace, Car- yep. Charles Oakley, um, all had successful careers without attending big schools. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that Steph Curry actually um, opens up the idea that people can be successful, more contemporary, right? The rest of those right, right, right. are retired and Hall of Fames and all that, but Steph is kind of relevant He's right now. He's who you can see. Jason, yeah, Jason, you wanted to Does say something else? Yeah, the, the thing is, the, the main thing, if it was a level playing field as far as resources, I really would think that the college basketball would be much more leveled out and that HBCUs would get would get players. Because the thing is, the way, because everything is funneled through AAU now. It's, AAU is just so schemey. Yeah, it's these, these college coaches who people think are, you know, are so great and doing everything by the book, what they're doing is they're paying coaches of certain AAU teams who are directed by these shoe companies to have access to those players. That's how the game goes. Now, of course, I'm not sure if Maker – falls in that category maybe he just decided to go on his own and you know despite all the AAUBS but for this for, for it to actually really happen you would need some players to take chances like Maker and probably Mikey Williams to go to that school go to a school see how much love they get see how much fun it is talk about it build it up do well because I, I saw one projection they had Howard going to the final four I'm like okay wait slow down wow. <laughs> it's just it's just one it's just one player come on now well, you know they might make the NCAA tournament as a 15th seed or something which would be an accomplishment right 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 like that's what I was gonna say yeah you know what I'm saying but and also one thing though uh, the coach Ken Ken Blakeney he went to Dematha High School uh, in Maryland Dematha High School's basketball program is is pretty much legendary they won national yeah. championships state champs whatever but he also went to Duke. He played for Coach K, and he coached under Coach K for a little bit. So there's a pedigree there. He knows how it is to be at a smart school and recruit players to go to a smart school, the right kind of player, because you just can't recruit anybody to go to uh, Duke. It just doesn't happen, True. which is why when people like Jalen Rose get upset that Duke didn't recruit him, it's like, why your ghetto behind want to go to Duke? You ain't going to fit in socially <laughs> or nothing else. I don't understand. You're from Detroit. Why you want to be in dorm at Duke? I would never – but whatever. But the coach – and having a player like McCourt Maker, maybe those two guys can, you know, probably do something to make it happen. But you have to have the coach. It's good to have resources. If you don't, you got to try a little harder. Like Brian said, I would love to see if it would happen. I mean, I'm not so confident in it, but I would love to see it happen. If it's going to happen, yeah, well, it's the time, right? You got the pieces, right? You got players. You, you, you just talked about how the coach is solid. Um, you know, hopefully they, these, these gentlemen have a, a, a really excellent experience. And when they get these massive contracts, especially the shoe portion of that contract, right. Um, that they make sure there's some money that's directed over to it because that's how it happens, right? Exactly. Like Under Armour's never going to be able to give the money that a Nike or whatever. Right. But if, if Makor goes into the pros <laughs> and signs a big deal um, with Nike, rest assured, he'll have the bargaining power to say, you know, unwritten in this deal is that you all are going to, uh, give back to the HBCU in my name. And they'd want to anyway. For several athletes. Right? They'd want to um, anyway, especially with everything going on. Yeah. They wouldn't want uh, that pub. They, they would love to have that that involvement and, that, and, and have that partnership. So anyways, you know, obviously, I actually, while we were sitting here, went and looked up uh, the facilities at, at uh, Howard to see what they look like. And, you know, yeah, they're they're no different than like a CSUN or, you know, yeah, modest. Um, or LMU They're Yeah. They're modest, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're modest, decent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, obviously if they get the right infusion of money and, and, and there's a, a hope to attract students like that, um, maybe cool. things will change, but you know, Hey, what if they it, might have to start charging? Cause they don't charge <laughs> for games. You can go to basketball games for free. You just, all you do is ask for a ticket. 
Well, and I, well, hopefully they'll, they'll maintain that for at least one more season, right? Yeah, and you'd have hopefully the fans at games. You'd have you the know, players to do it, right? right the fans there. would be there. I think all of it. Additionally, I mean, I do yeah. think you know, I've heard the stories of you go to a Duke, you go to some of, these, some of these other schools, and that's great when you're on campus. But when you leave campus, those crowds aren't saying, "Hey, bud, good game." They're calling you all kind of n words, and potentially not saying every crowd. But that's not about yeah. to happen when you go play Fort Valley State, bro. Now you might hear it with the the n word with the a at the end, but uh. <laughs> It's not, it's a different level, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like little microaggressions and stuff like that, I think you get rid of. I think, um, you know, it has a lot of potential to me. Um, there are players who've, who've done it, to Brian's point, who've been, had Hall of Fame careers and done it from small schools, yeah. from HBCUs, and football. Yeah, easier for football. Football is yeah. about to say, yeah. yep, we've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but but basketball too, right? Because we got a player right now, I think his name is Tyrus. If I, I can't think of his last name. I'm terrible with that, but he plays for the Knicks right now. Uh, he went to Morehouse. Um, and we and Morehouse was just went I think eighteen and one or something like that um, in the last season. So they they actually got a little team going. Not saying you know we're not D one. So and I'm not telling any player if you're a top athlete definitely go to a D one school. But there are some options out there for you um, that can you know impact your community and you know you have some black professors in the process for a year. You know what I mean? And just some you'll meet some people and it could be a little bit different. So I mean I Tyrius Walker by Tyrius Walker. Thank you. That was his name. Mm. Um, for me, I mean, obviously, I wasn't an athlete like that, but the experience was the best. I've, there's nothing better. Like, that's what I always look back at as the best time of my life. I didn't play sports, but I knew the athletes, and it's kind of one of those things. So, I don't know. I think it's I think it's great even just that they're talking about it. We'll see what comes of it. I think a few players will go. Um, you know, we'll kind of see. A big thing is March Madness, right? You know, everybody wants to play in a tournament because that's where your stock rises. So, if a few of these guys go and they can get those teams to the tournament, to your point, Coop, you ain't been there in 93 – you know, you talk yeah. about you're going to get even more pub, I think, because, you know, Duke and North Carolina, they're every year expected to. And this guy's a top athlete. That's great. But, you know, this player was one of the top players, went to Howard, completely changed the program. Now they're in the in the tourney. If you win a game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Hampton did when they beat Ohio, Iowa State. Right. Jamal Timson for that team. Yeah, you win a game. I mean. Huge. Right. You know what I mean? And you're already right. your legend grows to me bigger. Um, you know, of course, it's great. You, you go to Duke, but you got to think you go to Duke and win one game, two game, get knocked out. You know, terrible. You go to Howard and win one game in the tournament. You're they retire your number. Yeah, you're a folk hero, bro. Like and we're all right. repping for you. Like I'm at Morehouse, but I'm Howard jerseyed up that game. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think it's it's something different. I don't know if anyone of, of them would ever hear it, but I think it's pretty cool. So I don't know if you guys have any closing thoughts on it. If yeah, not, just we'll, real we'll one closing thought. I, the, the one thing that's under is uh, undersold here is the is the coach currently um, who wins the MEAC division usually is North Carolina Central. North Carolina Central is coached by a guy named Todd Bozeman. Todd Bozeman coached at Cal when Jay Kidd and Lamont Murray was there. He was a coach when they yeah, beat Duke him. and went to the Sweet 16. He's at North Carolina Central. Uh, so having the Duke pedigree coach helps a lot and he might be able to get some kids to go to that school so the coach is very important i think they have I agree. One, so we'll see what happens yeah definitely be good yeah just want to follow up on this when mikey williams makes his decision yeah definitely yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. definitely will um i, I think we will. we'll see i mean whatever he does best of luck to all of them you know what i mean but i just i like the idea that it's even out there um and and coop to your point i think in the future if a couple of them guys do you can't be it if you don't see it, right? So a couple guys see some top prospects go and have any kind of success. It at least makes you think about it. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, from there, directly to part of the impact of, you know, COVID-19 is impacted. You know, we talk about the final the final four, March Madness, which was canceled. Um, all sports canceled. But now we're getting back to some sports. So I saw a soccer game 
And then I, I was just watching inside the NBA and basketball is, is coming back. Their players are reporting to the, the bubble, if you will, in Orlando. Um, so, you know, we got those impacts and kind of what are your guys thoughts? And we can kind of jump around because there's so many sports impacts to it. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA, you know, WBA, college, whatever. But um, kind of what do you guys you guys see it working? You think it's not going to work? You know, what's what are your, your thoughts? I guess I'll go first. Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. <laughs> and you can start so, with college you know, if you I'm, want, because I know we, we talked about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm on the I'm on the record uh, on the show numerous times saying that I just don't think this is going to work. And I think in the last two weeks since we last talked about it, we've seen signs of it falling apart. Right. So you already had an MLS team, a full team opt out of the, the restart because of, of COVID concerns. Um, you know, if you look at the NBA, there's been a whole slew of players that are constantly tested positive as they're testing and going into the bubble. Um, as they've been testing positive, those players have not opted to say that they're going to uh, quarantine and join their teams later. They've opted to actually opt out. Um, it is. It has been kind of nice to see all the players get signed. We talked about Jamal Crawford. He got signed. We talked about Michael Beasley. He got signed. You know, so a lot of these these other people um that we wouldn't wouldn't have otherwise gotten an opportunity to play this season or getting an opportunity as a result of this i just florida is at something like ten thousand a day um you know they're already looking at putting another shelter in place order um and you know as is california for that matter uh and if they go to a shelter in place order in florida um because it gets so out of hand i mean right now they they have something like half their counties um don't have beds in the icu and one of the things that I said that that will really be a concern is, is that if you're an athlete playing um, over at the Disney facility and the hospital that they would take you to is, is, is overwhelmed with COVID patients, uh, you know, the prospect of getting injured at this point in time will be even a little bit scarier. Uh, anyways, it's they're starting to there's cracks in that foundation. I saw I don't know. If, I think I sent it to you both. I saw the meals that they were kind of handing out to the the, the athletes. Yeah, um, they're, they're changing slowly. Like LeBron is, but yeah, yeah, Le, yeah LeBron, like LeBron ain't gonna be eating that. Um, and you know, it looked like airline food basically. Um, but it'll, be, you know, it's gonna be interesting. I I hope it comes back. But even in golf, right? So if you look at the CDC risk scales, golf is at the top. Playing golf is like a, 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 a I think top five for the safest things that you can do. And they're having every week, they've had to have players drop out mid-round. They've had to have players play by themselves while their test results come back. They've had to have, you know, a, a caddy gets it. They've had to have the, the player that was playing, the player that played with him, that, that was part of that group the next day, their caddy drop out. Um, and, and that's the safe sport, um, you know, when it comes to uh, these, these sports that are reopening more along those lines, I think, and we were talking about this a little earlier in our, in our group chat. Uh, I just don't see how football is going to work. I, I still have some hope that basketball, once people get in the bubble, you know, Adam Silver said, it's like, if we start seeing a bunch of people get cases, that means there's a hole in the bubble. Um, and we, we might not have to shut it down, but they're at least doing their best to isolate everyone that's in there. Um, they, they seem like they have a solid strategy and I hope that they, it works. I'm not sure it will. I actually don't think it will, but 
I hope it does because I really want to see basketball. But football, I just don't see how the hell it happens. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about how um, the USC and Alabama game is like most likely to get canceled. And some some of the, the, uh, the conferences are already saying that they're not going to fly out of their own region. That literally makes no sense to me. You know, they, they all fly uh, charter. They're all going from one stadium to another when they're playing somewhere. They're all staying in, in a hotel when they do it. Whether that, that hotel is in um, Washington State, Oregon, California, Arizona, or Alabama, also a red state, a red state in that it's red for COVID, not red because of politics. Um, Florida, no. <laughs> Georgia, yeah, uh, Texas, right? Think of the schools that that actually reside in in all of these states that have gone red. The biggest and ones. They're all the biggest ones, right? Yeah. Well, New Orleans and uh, and and, uh, and Louisiana. Um, and then you think about the fact that somehow someone thinks that it's even remotely suggestible that you know Alabama playing LSU because they're close in region is any safer than Alabama playing USC or. You know, Michigan flying to um, what's Oklahoma, another place that's gone red, uh, as opposed to, you know, going and playing someone else. And even if they're doing that regionally for football, which I don't think is going to happen, there's no way you're going to be able to do it for basketball um, because the schools, the colleges and basketball, they play a, a much more broad schedule. There's less conference play. Um, it's it, you play, I think, 20 games before you start playing conference play in an in, in, in NCAA basketball season. I just. Look, you know, you, I think we both, this is what we do. We talk sports all the damn time. Um, we all want sports to work out. I just don't see how it does. Um, the, the, the odds, in my opinion, are stacked against, numbers are stacked against it. Uh, there, there's already things kind of falling apart. And, and I just don't see how much longer can, it can withstand the pressure of a pandemic that is growing at a rate that is, you know, three times what it was when, we, when, when all this problem started. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts? Uh, B, before I go, uh, have you been keeping up with anything that Dr. F uh, Fauci has said? Oh, yeah. I, I, so someone asked me, they, they were talking about all these statues and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, there's nobody you can put a statue. I'm going to put a statue up of Dr. Fauci between AIDS and COVID. That man deserves one. I, I, so, yes, I keep up a lot with what he says. Has he said anything about college football? Did he say he doesn't see how it's going to happen or something? He said a long time ago. So he, not recently. He was asked. He's been Recently, he's been asked more about MLS. Uh, golf and the NBA. So he hasn't really addressed it, but last what was like two months ago when he was still working with the white house, he was asked about college football and he actually said, I don't see how that can work. And they compared it to the NBA and he said, well, their strategy would be to isolate the, uh, the players where, you know, that strategy is not one that's feasible for college football, but it's been at least a month and a half the two months since he, hmm. you know, was on that kind of stage, you know, now he's, he's doing interviews for himself and not as part of the, the white house. So you're getting a, a much more honest Dr. Yeah. Fauci, not less guarded. Uh, he's never lied, but he, uh, less, less guarded, but anyways, uh, and I will certainly, certainly be sending it along, you know, me, um, as soon as I see anything on from Fauci about, uh, about college uh, football. Okay. Um, I agree with you and that in the travel portion, I just don't see how just because you cancel in a non-conference game like, um, you know, North no, Ohio State, I think they play Oregon this year, I believe, uh, something like that. I don't know if you, but have them go to, you know, another place. I don't know, uh, 
Nebraska or something or Michigan or whatever, you know, with all those fans there, if they're there or not. But I don't think just having regional travel is a way to prevent from getting COVID-19. I think you can go from coast to coast or even five miles away. You can still get it. Um, I think college sports is going to happen just like I think NFL is going to happen. The reason why is because Jason, let me. Let me interrupt you real yeah. quick. So I just looked up the, the, the article I was talking about with Fauci. Uh, it was June 24th. And he said, unless players are essentially in a bubble insulated from the community and, and are tested every nearly every uh, every day, it would be very hard to see how football is able to be played this fall. If there's mm. a second wave, which is certainly a possibility and which would be complicated by the predictable flu season, football would likely not happen this year. Mm. Anyways, okay. that was what happened. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I like listening to that guy when you tell him, tell me stuff too, but yeah, I think yeah, I think sports is still going to push on though. Uh, reason why? Because it employs tens of thousands of people, and uh, people kind of want to get the economy moving. It's like you can't have restaurants shut down forever. You can't you can't stop sports for a long time. It just employs too many people and just pumps money uh, into the uh, into the economy. That's why I think people are just going to push it. And they're just going to be like, hey, I think a lot of people are just winging it. They're trying to do the best they can. Every sport, I think, they're just trying to do the best they can. And, uh, you know, when the positive tests happen, you know, just handle it, you know, the best way they can and then just try to push through to, to get a season. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the season got canceled again. It really wouldn't surprise me. But I do expect every I expect well, not every I do expect college football, at least in the SEC. And I do expect the NFL and I do expect the NBA to uh, to start their seasons. Now, whether they finish it is one thing, but I do expect all of them to start um, mainly because it just employs, you know, just way too many people. And people want to see sports as well. So, so yeah, I, I have no idea what will happen. It just wouldn't surprise me if everything shut down, though. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it's gonna be. GB? It's gonna be. I just, I just think it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun soap opera to follow right now, right? Because every day something changes. Every day I'm seeing, you know, thirty people at this facility tested positive, or you know, two yeah. people here for this. And I mean, it just it makes sense, right? Because it's a it's a highly communicable. Eight NBA facilities have already had to close, right? The Clippers, the uh, it was like the yeah. Knicks, obviously. I mean, it only makes sense, right? There's too many. Like to Jason's point, you employ tens of thousands of people. How are you going to insulate the people employed? You, okay, you have the players, you can do that. But what about everybody else? What about all the management? What about ball boys? You know, uh, people who do all the equipment, men and women, um, coaches. Uh, you know, there's millions of people. And then if you're not going to have fans, it's where your money's coming in. You still get your TV contract money. I get that. But they already talking about the NFL, you know, tarping off part of it for um, and having ads. I was watching an MLS game last night. Actually, it was a good game, too. Orlando and Miami. Um, and same kind of thing, right? There's no fans. They got it tarped off. It's cool. The players are playing, and it gives you something to, to watch. But I don't see how you do it unless, like I was saying, man, people are just going to say we are assuming the risk and know people are going to get sick. It's a part of the game like an injury is, you know, play through it. Cause I don't see how else you can do it. Right. Like people are going to test positive. It's just what it is. Just like for the rest of us, you may not, they're all top yeah. athletes. Right. So they're probably I think not going to die, we, but I think that's why, well, but that's the thing is that some of them are right. So you've had athletes out. There's an Alabama football player um, who got exceptionally sick and, and is still, well, yeah, I believe yeah, in the ice. Depending on and, individual immune yeah. system too. So hey, I, have a, true. I have a fun one for you, both of you. So who is the team, the college team, that has the highest TV contract, biggest TV contract, college football team. The team, yeah, it's, they it's have their own on a uh, Notre Dame. 
Exactly. Yeah. Which conference are they in for football? Oh, they're you independent. Know? They're independent. But they're so part all of the these ACC go. A little bit though, they play at ACC. No, they only there. do for basketball. Yeah, they only do it for. No, for no, no, for football too. They do it too for football. Yeah, because so plays them every, ES... every other year. Our favorite ESPN actually talks about how if all of them go um, conference only, that ES that Notre Dame might be in the dark because they're oh, wow. not included in any of the conferences. Yeah, it was right, I, it literally. Right. I just popped yeah. up as we as you uh, were talking, Jay, uh, Glenn. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, that's actually a really interesting thing, and we could talk about it. Uh, but, yeah, if, if Notre Dame is out with their TV contract, yeah. um, you know, that's a huge, huge hit to, to college football. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it would be pretty interesting. Yeah, their contract with NBC, yeah, they're still independent, but they play a halfway ACC schedule. But you're right. In basketball, they play a full ACC schedule in basketball. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how – I mean, I want to watch sports, right? But I just don't see, just like the rest of us, right? Everything else shut down. How sports going to push through? And all of us can socially distance. There's no way in team sports you can socially distance. It's just not. That's yep. the name of the game is not that. Like you can't play defense unless, like Mike D'Antoni said, you're the Houston Rockets because that's how they play defense. But um, everyone else, like I, I just don't see how it works. And then I saw Richard Sherman making a joke about the NFL said. Um, at post game, you won't be closer than six feet. So they want you to social distance post game and not jersey swap. And Sherman's like, so this is like epitome of NFL thinking. We can play a high contact game, but then not swap jerseys at the end. <laughs> right. We I can mean, swap sweat. Yeah, we can tackle on, each right. other, but don't give your jersey you all that. Come on, right. you're in a huddle. Like how Stanford, are you? And Stanford Sorry. canceled eight sports permanently. Um, oh wow. You know they're using the timing. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say probably more Title Nine. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's stuff like, but it was like volleyball. It was crew. It was a bunch of stuff like that. Um, volleyball's big. Well, I think I think a lot of people are doing that, right? Because you have the now so, it's, you can shut stuff down under the guise of you know stuff you're going to do anyway, right? But you can kind of shut it down without a lot of fanfare, like oh coronavirus, and get out of it. So I don't know. It's it's crazy. I just don't see you, how you do it. Yeah, and if you have going back to the Notre Dame conversation, right? So their football schedule, in, the way you win a national championship in football is by playing big teams. And next year, the big games for like a Notre Dame are Wisconsin, Stanford, um, and USC. You know, other than that, as oh, you yeah. mentioned, they're playing Louisville, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Duke. Clemson's pretty big, and that's another one, right? Um, Duke, uh, and then who else? Pittsburgh. Wake Forest, Western Michigan, and Arkansas. Like, those are not games that are going to get you into a title contention. The games that do that are playing Wisconsin and in Wisconsin, playing, you know, USC and USC and Stanford. Well, the Stanford game is at home, but playing Stanford. Yeah. Uh, those are the games that, that get you into title contention. So you have to imagine that some of these schools, if they go conference only and they're, they're games that are going to give them a chance – to get into the national conversation, if those are canceled, um, you have to, you, you can't, you can imagine why, uh, why other things might fall. The other thing is, is that there's always these, especially with the SEC, which plays the little barbershop colleges every other week, when they can no longer do that, those colleges that they play, the reason they agree, they agree you know, agree to go and right. be slaughtered right. is because it pays for their entire program. And when they lose those games, if unless, you know, the, the Alabamas of the world are willing to still pay the schools for those appearances, 
um, those programs might not be able to sustain. And those are all D1 programs. They're just not as big. It's a, it's a house of cards. And, and interdivisional, interconference play is, is, is really what makes a lot of that possible, right? It makes you know, the big games of the week are always the interconference big schools playing. And then the ones that make a lot of these small schools feasible um, is because they get paid to do it. You know, the only reason why Navy's going to go and play Notre Dame is because they know they're going to get beat up and then they're going to get paid and they can keep their program. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see the house of cards may fall uh, if they yeah. go, you know, conference only or, you know, just cancel it. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on the SEC schedule, man. Cause you know, they play trucking schools and uh, like you said, it's barber so yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so some of them schools. I mean, it's like East corn beef tech and just a whole yeah. bunch of other teams, the Citadel, all of them. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm looking at it right now know. outside of sec teams, they're playing Georgia state, mm. Kent state, hey, shout out Georgia uh, state. <laughs> yeah. you gotta you know, uh tnn martin you can't even make that up tennessee martin uh texas i didn't know they had a football team to be honest with you Uh, mississippi yeah mississippi state outside of the other ones it's just yeah like why would the tennessee martin skyhawks are going to play in alabama right uh (laughs) yeah so yeah alabama players can have a field day and tennessee martin can fund their program and they're they're doing that and that game is supposed to be in in uh, november the only reason why Alabama's go- is because they need a bye week. It's like, right. oh, we're going to get healthy. They usually before. have a bye week before a big game. They usually yep. do that. He does That's it on right. purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, it would be great, but I, I just don't, I don't see how it works. And it trickles down, right? Because then you have all the, you know, peewee sports and high school sports. And yeah. it's kind of, you know, almost down to district, down to county, and everybody's kind of making their own decision. So it's, a, it's, yeah, it's I'll, crazy, I'll, man. Yeah, I was talking to a high school state championship coach today. Um, I saw him in the famous place, Brian, the barbershop. Barbershop. And, <laughs> so uh, we were talking, and um, I don't want to put out his name. It was actually two high school coaches in there. Uh, I'm not going to say what city. But uh, but their teams are practicing right now, and you're not supposed to be practicing. So practice is still no, going yep. on for high school teams. But they were both telling me that they both believe that the high school basketball season is going to get canceled. So it's not going to, at least until January, they might just do league in January only, but they they don't think it's going to be any games uh, this year. Um, so schools have gotten caught. It's been interesting because yeah. there's a lot of schools, you know, they're not the only ones. You're right. Um, right. <laughs> whoever right. they are, I don't, you know, right. they're right. not the only ones. All these yeah. schools are trying to get the leg up. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's. They go, to play, they go to playgrounds. The ones that don't have lids on the rims, they go to those, the same playground, and they ran into each other, and that's how they knew they were both practicing wow but uh, but which but, yeah, i feel so, for the kids right because i'm sure they want to play and it's the whole thing is crazy i just i don't know yeah and so if basketball gets canceled then you know foot high school football has got to get canceled because football comes first you know, right before before basketball yeah. so right. um so yeah. and it's oh, more contact yeah oh, by far do you guys know and more players that, that, uh the tournament in vegas is, is next weekend they're still having an au tournament it's not gonna be as big but it's still going on. It's in Vegas next weekend. Really? I did not know this that. Yep. It's at the that Las Vegas Sports Center. Fascinating to me. Yep. Yeah. The, I mean, Vegas Center. is open. Like, I have, I had friends who were in Vegas this last oh, weekend. Yeah. And they, they were masked they up. They a huge outbreak right now, too. Masked up and chilling. But, you know, it's it's there. I mean, it's got to be, right? You got people traveling from everywhere going there. Not as many people well, as normal, but. <clears throat> what happened was Arizona was closed when Vegas opened, like fully closed. And when Vegas opened, 
a whole bunch of people. Like they, they had a mass influx from people from Arizona, all of which were sick because they have all types of problems there. And that's shut off and operate in Las Vegas, excuse me, in, in Las Vegas. And it's gotten, you know, Nevada doesn't do the kind of testing that we do in California. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not as, but Arizona, it, their results are similar to Arizona. Wow. The Indian casinos are having big problems too. The ones in San Bernardino and Riverside. So if you ever look at the COVID map uh, right now, the entire of Southern California from basically from you all down to the border is crimson. Uh, and Los Angeles is 1% away, which I think is actually going to happen in the next 48 hours, 1% away of going from going crimson itself. Uh, but Orange County, Imperial, uh, El Centro is one of the worst places in the country right now. Uh, wow. Rivers, uh, Riverside, San Bernardino, um, the only ones, uh, Kern, Pilari, uh, you know, just go up the go up the five and the 99 and just name them all off. The only two that aren't right now. <laughs> Are Los Angeles, which is almost there, and Ventura, which is actually in pretty good shape. But it's also a percentage of people, right? No, when I say percentage, it's um, there's four criteria that they can they can send you red for. It's if you have if your transmission rate is over 1.4, it's like Los Los Angeles at 1.14, so it's in good shape. Um, percentage of people who test, but it's a really high percentage of t- uh, testing. It's like 60 or something like that, so it's not going to happen there. And then it's space in ICU. And right now, 69% of Los Angeles ICUs are taken up for COVID patients. When you get to 70%, you go, you go red. Got it. Um, and, and that's a lot of the other ones. Some are like Orange County is because they have a high transmission rate. Uh, Riverside yeah, is because so of everything. Very... Imperial is everything. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. go red for that one stat. Insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Um, kind of. Yeah. Is it's coming it soon is. enough. Yeah, I mean, it, every week, right? So, you know, every week th- th- there's been a big change in the two weeks that since we talked last, you know, all of this stuff. I mean, it was almost the next day, I think, because I started sending you guys text messages the next day that people, all these NBA players started testing positive. They had to shut down facilities. And, and there were, I think, maybe one when we talked last. And now there's been, I think, eight or nine that had to get shut down. Um, assistant coaches have since been uh, banned, like the uh, the Lakers uh, coach, because he, uh, because of other you know, health issues. And he's a, 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 a more susceptible person to a worse case if he got it. So, you know, that's, it's, it's starting to happen. You're starting to see all of that. Yeah. That's it's definitely crazy, man. We're going to see what's going to happen, but um, I'm going to segue out in the midst of all this craziness. Um, someone had an amazing week. Now would be Patrick okay. Mahomes um, major paid, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs wasn't his contract like 400 and something base um I know it's like 503 yeah, so million he's got, he's got he's got 400 and something in guarantees Sheesh. and 503 million uh possible a half a billion dollars possible with incentives and why I have never read his contract my understanding is that those incentives are not as crazy as you think you know they, they would be a lot of times they put these you know wild yeah, ones you have things to, you can't reach yeah but, yeah, but his are attainable, right? They they are winning Super Bowls and MVPs and passing um, passing yardage and yeah, that kind of stuff. Attainable for him. It's not, yeah, it's not that he needs to you know rush for the most touchdowns in the league by a running back. Like it's not it's not the really crazy incentives. What's uh What's Andy Reid's contract? Because that would be right there. Like, bro, I need you to get a good ten years out of here. Because uh, if Reid is gone well, in a few, at that's the end tough. Of his contract, Andy Reid will be he'll be seventy four. 
hopefully he hopefully contract. Andy Reid is there most of that time because that he Andy Reid's a big reason for that success too. <laughs> but, That's risky. So Andy Reid will retire before his contract's up. Uh, that was the headline, and the Chiefs coach says not so fast. Uh, but yeah, his ten-year contract would have him. So he's sixty-two right now. So he'll be seventy-two. Yeah, uh, which I mean, that happens. And people do it, but you know, for Mahomes, it's no, it's a two years. He still has two years on his rookie deal, so it's seventy-four. Got it. Yeah, yeah sixty-two year. A sixty-year-old coach has no plans to retire too soon. He says. Yeah, it's going to be well. I mean, if you have this guy who's going crazy, I mean, this is the biggest, the richest contract ever. Dude has deserved it right for his time in the league as a starter what he didn't he take him to the nfc championship in his first year and the super bowl AFC. or fc yeah. sorry thank he, you and the yeah. super bowl his he next a, year he was a d4 offsides away from being another super bowl the previous year. <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah absolutely yeah. so i mean pats off to do it it's crazy and i just saw him post something about you know big week now chilling with Coors light so that's another check that he got coming in and i mean i'd be very i one of the main things i was thinking andy reed is not that highly paid i'm surprised yeah Looking i mean i well yeah well yeah when you got gruden's contract but anyway um <laughs> yeah i just i'm interested to see what Mahomes does man because like if i was him like bro i wouldn't what I, you couldn't get me in trouble like i wouldn't cheat at monopoly i wouldn't um i wouldn't speed i mean bro and he seems like he's that kind of dude anyway low-key like i'm sorry i know well, he has his girlfriend but I'm sorry, but you got to get out of here, he, too. He said in his contract, it's a whole lot of things he can't do. So he's the only thing he's going to be doing is playing football and video games. He can't jet ski. He can't do a whole lot of stuff. Bro, dang a jet it's ski. A whole lot of stuff. He's only he what? Can't do it. At the end of the 10 years, huh? what will he be? How old is he now? He'll jet ski on cash. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I like, think in, he's like, <laughs> he's like 24, 20, I think he's 24, 24 right now. In 12 so years. 36, which he's 12 years. Yeah, he yeah. won't retire then, right? He'll be my age, which is hilarious. But, um, you know, if he. Well, 2023, he's about to get a contract. And you rest assured that he's going to say, you know what, uh, I want I want that Bill Belichick money. I want that Gruden money. You know, he's not going to be taking any yeah, five-year, yeah. $37 million contracts. I'm not giving you no uh, – yeah, you're not getting no discounts this time. But, yeah. I mean – To be perfectly honest with you, his contract's actually team-friendly as the years go by. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's what I thought smart, too, Cool, because it's so long, right? contract by Kansas City. Yeah, it's so it's long, really exactly. They're, they're, they're just paying him up front now. You yeah, know, I agree. Um, they give him worth it. Yeah, yeah. They're giving him $63 million right now, but his base salary because you can't uh, revise a rookie deal. That's That was that was collective, collectively bargained. You can't revise it. So his base salary is still $125,000 for 2020 and nine ninety for the next year. But it's a team-friendly deal. I mean, his cap yeah. is going to be $60 million, I think, in about seven, eight years. But, see, that might be a bargain because the way right. contracts right. pretty much skyrocket. I agree. You know, my my thing is, you know, I'm not really. I, I think I've told you guys this. NFL contracts aren't worth the paper that it's printed on. They can cut yeah. you pretty much, you know, halfway into that deal and don't owe you a damn thing. That's just how it goes. So he's definitely going to have to perform. But his contract also has also has, I think, two or three opt outs. They said so he can opt out and renegotiate. He doesn't have to keep this yeah. keep this deal. I mean, out of your Kirk Cousins, man, that shit's locked in stone. Yeah, yeah exactly. he has the only guarantee. Dude's yeah. smart the though. Is, you know, it, this is a risky contract though because. You're banking that Andy Reid is going to be around and that the team – I remember, you understand, this is Kansas City. This isn't a history of, you know, winning titles and doing good. It's not like if you like what the – I know Lakers my team, but the Lakers have won championships in the 80s and 90s. Every without, decade. You know, they have a history. This is Kansas City. It's like the first title in, what, 50 years? Yep. You know what I mean? So this is really risky. And I, the over-under in Vegas right now for him going to Super Bowls is one and a half. So – 
you know, one well, and a half. People I, say he's automatically going to go to two two Super Bowls, and I'm like, you know, not so fast. You know, what I mean, just everybody thinks, you know, the yeah. Legion of Boom was going to keep going, and Dan Marino was going to keep going. I mean, it's hard. He's not going to be Brady. But and the thing is, also what got me thinking was the whole Brady Mahomes comparison that could happen, which is similar to Jordan and LeBron. And why I say that is Patrick Mahomes is never going to catch uh, Brady in Super Bowl appearances or titles. Brady went to nine, one, six. He's not going to catch him on that. LeBron's never going to catch Jordan. It's just not going to happen. But they can be so good that they will be in the conversation yeah. of the greatest ever. And I, I think that's what's going to be with Mahomes because he can run, he can pay, he can do everything. He's like almost the perfect quarterback, almost yeah. the perfect quarterback. So he deserves the money. Like Brian said, I, I agree to that. He's definitely a truck. He can pull your franchise. They got a bad, if they got a, a bad defense or a bad day or a bad outing. I mean, how many of us watched that Houston Kansas City game and saw Houston was up twenty did you see what, in the second quarter? You saw what did, DeAndre Hopkins. Did any of us think the game was over? You saw DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone did. Did you see what DeAndre Hopkins I didn't tweeted? Think the game was over. No, I, yeah, I, I did. I, did you see what DeAndre I, Hopkins I tweeted though? What? He tweeted the score and said twenty four reasons why he deserves all that money. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think the game was over when I saw Lamar Jackson down fourteen, I think six, and then the uh, Tennessee scored the first possession of the third quarter. I thought the game was over. I never thought that with Mahomes is on the field yeah. when Fires was up twenty to ten in the Super Bowl. I know. I was saying, oh, this game ain't over. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah we can still choke this off. I've seen it happen. Yeah. So <laughs> he definitely, he definitely worked all worth that money. That's true. Definitely and like Brian said, they're paying him up front, right? Because, and to your point, you got two years at rookie deal, so you can build a team, right? Build a team yep. around him now, win one more, at least go to a couple more if you can. And then when he makes that major cap hit, to your point, you know, it's going to be big. But, you know, five years from now, six years from now, that's the thing. It could be like, it's not that bad. You know, same thing. Like when we right. signed Carr to that contract, it's not nowhere near as big as, as Mahomes is. But I was like, dang, right. you know, $25 million. I'm like, yeah, but. Three years from now, there's no money guaranteed. It's only a $20 million. Yeah. Like, it's not that prohibitive but, years Right, that's later. what I told you guys about Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. He got paid his first two years. Now the Niners cut him, they owe him nothing. And, make, and him making $24, 25000000 million a year is nothing yeah, compared and, to what and, a lot of people are making in terms of, Exactly, in terms of quarterback salary. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if you're Dak Prescott, what are you, what are you, what are you at the crib <laughs> thinking right now? He better be happy. <laughs> they try to get well, what he needs well, well, to be thinking is i'm not i'm not patrick mahomes right exactly <laughs> yeah but right. hey that you right. know the, the lid is off the cap right so i want whatever i can get close to but i mean shout out to mahomes he he definitely like you said i was at i've seen him play was at a raider game we was up 10 you know i, I mean i wasn't ultra excited but i was like cool we're doing solid and i saw dude score 28 points in like 10 minutes and then they didn't <laughs> score again and they just coasted for the rest of the game and i was like damn like, so dude is, and it was all like big, you know, cats are on him, long pass ahead, toss it out there, touchdown, another one, long touchdown, another one. I'm like, damn, like dude is, he's a problem, man, straight up. So congrats to him. I mean, and that's really all I got to say. Yeah. You guys want to talk about Cam? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We I know Coop, because I think I'm, Coop, I'm I know you wanted to, yeah, you wanted to bring one. this up. I think it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cam, Cam Newton going to the, uh, the Patriots to sit man, behind Jason Stidham. <laughs> Man, or Jared, I, 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 didn't understand, I didn't understand it. I, I did. I think that it's taken all of the risk here. The New England Patriots can actually just blow the season, and it's not going to hurt Bill Belichick at all. They have so much equity with all the Super Bowls and success that they have. This is all on Cam. And why I'm worried about it is, number one, Tom Brady left because they don't have any weapons on that team. That's one of the reasons why he wanted to go. 
And so who is Cam going to throw to? They don't have a deep threat. They don't have a tight end. They don't really have anything offensively that's going to scare you. Um, I don't think he's going to have that same chemistry as uh, with Julian Edelman as uh, Tom Brady had. Um, also, Josh McDaniels, this guy, you know, he, he yells at you on the sideline. He's like in your face type of guy. You know what I mean? He yells at Tom Brady, like, you know, like his dynamic is going to work, especially since Josh McDaniels wasn't too fond of Cam Newton when he came out of college. Now he has to coach him. So I don't know how that's going to work. And I see the media talking about it's a new day and hyping Randy Moss is hyperventilating, talking about there's going to be a fun <laughs> offense. And I'm like, fun. All they're going to do is run the ball. It's not going to be fun. Last year, they won 12 games and Brady threw for 4,100 yards. Cam Newton's not doing that. So I understand what's going to be so fun about that. I think the Patriots are going to be a boring team to watch, but I'm going to watch them because Cam's on there, but I think they're going to be boring. If we have football, um, yeah. If, if, this doesn't, if this doesn't work out for Cam, I, I, don't, I don't know his chances of actually staying in the league uh, after this whole little one-year deal because I really think it's just going to be one year. I think Bill Belichick, this is my personal opinion, I think he's going to experiment on how to deal with how to handle or call plays for a quarterback of Cam Newton's skill set because there are guys coming out like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields oh, wow. whose skill set is similar to Cam Newton's. Interesting. And, so, and this is probably the way because quarterbacks are only good is, is what college football gives you. And college football is giving you these type of quarterbacks. So I think it's giving Bill Belichick time to experiment and play around and see what he can do with a, 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 um, with a player like Cam Newton. Now, personally, I don't expect a lot. Never did. Um, of course, you know me, Brian. I went to Vegas to see what they said because the over/under was nine before Cam Newton came, and all took. I was saying under, and then nah. Cam Newton came on the team. It was nine and a half. So they don't even <laughs> think much about it. Nah. Like I don't think much about it. The media is like just way overboard on this one. I still got them winning what six, seven games. I think I'm being. I think that's a lot. I'm thinking more close to five, six. But I, I I'm not a really a, a buyer on on Cam to the Patriots. I think it's a, a huge risk by Cam, and I think it can really hurt him if he fails in uh, in New England. I think it can hurt his uh, his uh, legacy, so to speak, uh, in uh, in the NFL. Uh, what you think, B? So I am not a Cam Newton fan. It's not because I don't think he's talented. It's because I think he's an asshole, um, and I think that that's something that just doesn't play in in New England. And we saw that last year with uh, Mr. Brown. Uh, and, and how that all worked out. So look, I can, I get it from Cam Newton's perspective. I agree with you that it's obvious that he's taking in all the risk, but it's obvious that the reason why he signed there was nobody else wanted to touch him. Yeah. And so at first when he signed, I was like, okay, he's decided he's going to go up there, play football, become, you know, become a solid football player again, run Belichick system, keep his mouth shut. Uh, and and play on this prove it contract so that he could get more uh, more money next year someplace else. And then he started talking, and he said, "Oh, I'm not shutting up for anyone." And I was I've always been calm and quiet and collected for for and 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 you know been a team player and all this, but not anymore. Hold up, he is the guy <laughs> that runs the end zone and makes sure everybody sees him. He's always you know he's always got quotes. He's always talking big. And, and he goes up there and he's like, I've always been so quiet and subdued for the, the betterment of the team. If that was subdued, there is no way you're surviving a full season in Belichick's team. Um, I agree with you when you talk about Josh McDaniels yelling at him. I just don't think his fragile ego can take that. I think that you'll mm -hmm. hear very, very early on that he doesn't want to get out there. The one thing that I find interesting, and you said this, Cam Newton has always been dependent on his weapons. 
Brady has not, right? Brady has always put up decent numbers, even when he had nothing. Obviously, later in his career, he's needed more. But Cam isn't even near that, and he's got nothing there. I do think that there's the, all that talk about David and Jaku um, asking out from a trade in Cleveland um, could very well end him up in, in some place like New England. It actually makes a lot of sense for both teams. Uh, and always New England always has a bunch of, of uh, pieces to trade and, and, and picks to trade. But I don't think that's enough, not for, for Cam Newton. And, and he likes to play the vertical game and throw it deep and make big plays. Um, it, well, I should say make the wide receivers make big plays um, so that he can <laughs> take credit for them. So I've never been a, a Cam Newton fan. I, I, I will just like you, I'll be watching. It's 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 certainly entertaining television. Should we you know, should we have an opportunity to watch football? Uh, but I do not think that Cam Newton is going to um, resurrect his career there because I just think he's already saying way too much for a New England Patriot uh, Belichick team. I'm interested to see, too. I mean, I don't know that. I'm uh, sorry, Coop, that. Um, no, you're good. You're you know, good. just watching some of the stuff, too. I think a lot of the what we see, the. Belichick's not really someone to me. I've seen the clips where he said, you know, you make a good play. Let's have some energy. Let's let's get, you know, get excited about it. Let's let's celebrate, you know, if you guys make a good play, you know, but obviously don't overdo it kind of thing. Um, so I'm interested to see because Belichick is as I watch interviews and stuff with Belichick, I think his his interviews on like post game versus his interviews with like the top 100 players type of thing. I don't know if you guys have seen those, like just seeing the real personality. Belichick definitely seems like a player's coach. Um, so I'm interested to see how him and Cam probably to me probably get along pretty well, I would think. Um, I don't think, you know, to your guys' point, Cam's been working, working hard. I've seen him, you know, every clip I've seen has been him working either hooping, playing basketball, getting conditioning in, lifting. Um, he looks motivated, looks strong. If he's healthy at all, I mean Cam is still a problem, I think. Um, I know you guys say are saying about the weapons, I get that, but a motivated Cam Newton, I think, you know, it could be interesting. Um, I'm all, I've am i been anti-Patriot since 2001, proudly. But um, I don't know. I think uh, it might it might surprise. I got to be honest. So I'm, I'm interested to yeah. see because I don't think he's – I think the rap he gets as, you know, it's it's hard to tell who someone really is based off of what we see on media, interviews, et cetera, without kind of watching what they put out too. So I'm kind of interested to see how it goes. They, we didn't see the weapons yeah. there last year for sure, but I mean Belichick is has been known to to find a piece and you know, somehow find some superstar from somewhere that ends up on the Patriots, you know whether it's a tight end or you know find somebody. And they still got Harry out there too, right from Arizona State. Wasn't he injured? Isn't he coming back? Um, yeah, yeah Nikhil Harry and, and Cam Newton actually just did a workout together in the last week. Harry's nice too, so. I mean, yeah, you know, he stays healthy. We got him stash on a rookie on a on a team. Yeah, you pick up what's his name, um, and Joku, like you mentioned, or somebody like that. You know, give him a couple solid weapons. They always have a solid running game, right? You know, they're going to run for you know a thousand yards, like Frank Taylor used to do, but or their old um, running backs. But you know, I I think it could be it could be interesting. And then it's going to be the defense was solid last year. That was their crowning jewel beginning of the year. They got a little um, putting soft at the end, but. I mean, there's a little bit of a team there. So, and then I think he still has to compete with the with the rook, right? So I don't think it's a you know you're not saying yeah. Cam you have the job. So I don't know. I you know think what, there's you know what defenses hate. There. They you know what defenses hate quarterbacks who take lots of risks and put them on the field a whole long time. I'm interested to see Cam though, B. I think that's you know part yeah, of that I, is. Well, I'm gonna watch. 
Yeah, right? it's, it's yeah. hard to tell from you know you go you go system to system because I mean we've all seen it right. You go system to system and things change so drastically. It's hard to tell until he gets out there and we see it, um, kind of what it is. And maybe he doesn't take those risks. Maybe he's you know this is our our program. This is our plays. This is where you should go. And he goes there and makes the the smart pass and keeps it moving. I think he's definitely capable of doing it. It'll just be yeah. it's yet to be seen, right? That's all it is. It's yeah. just yet to be seen. Lots yeah. of change. Yet to be, I, I, I think I think he's done. I, I just think injuries have just taken a toll on Cam, and he's a really big guy too. And I just think injuries have taken a toll on him. But also, one thing that's not was working against him. New Eng- see, he was the number one pick by the Carolina Panthers. One so thing. they had <laughs> to make it work. They had to make it work. New England doesn't have to make it work. Belichick, I don't believe that's Belichick true. really wanted him. As people say, if he really wanted him, he would have got him. Four, three, four months ago when he was available. He just sat back and waited and got him at a bargain. Exactly. And, That's, speaking, isn't so, that Belichickian? He's only got yeah. $550,000 guaranteed, man. Yeah, this very, it's man. very Belichickian. But, but I don't understand how the Patriots don't have any salary cap. They they don't pay anybody except the corner step and Gilmore. But they don't, <laughs> their, but, defense, their, their defense is well paid. Yeah, yeah. Have a you lot seen of money on that team. Have, have you seen it? They have like yeah. 1.5 million left. I mean, where's yeah. all the money they going? To, they have to cut a player by the by, by the, in order to make that contract work. Oh, they signed oh, him for. That's why they gave him that 550 to kind of get it in underneath that. But they yeah. still have to. If they if he gets max value, which is 7.5 million. Um, which they have to be able to uh, absorb, yeah. they have to cut someone of real money, of real consequence before training camp. And there's been speculation who that'll be and, and all that kind of stuff. We'll yeah. talk about that another day. But okay. yeah, they're, they're, they're in straits, dire straits. Oh, oh, GB, one more thing, something you were saying. Yes, sir. So I know firsthand, you know, I know, uh, I know Tom Brady's sister, known him for years. Belichick is not a player's coach. Je- Belichick treats you like an employee. That's one of the things that Tom hated. If you ever hear yeah, Tom Brady talk about the, talk about you know uh, Belichick you. and whatever, yeah, it's always just an employee coach relationship. He doesn't put your arm around you. If when he knows you're done, he's gonna he's gonna he doesn't form like a bond with you because he's gonna cut you. You know, whenever he feels like that you can't perform up to a certain level, that's how he does everybody. Real business, but off you. the field, if you don't play for him. Oh, I've heard that Bill Belichick has one has a great personality. You love to okay. be around. He's always laughing and joking. And that's and who I saw. I literally saw him yeah. with, with Ray Lewis and yep. other great. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, he's a joy to be around. But if you play for him, no, nah, it's strictly business. Yeah, do your job. That's their motto. Just do your job. True. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think that's that's good. It was a good, probably good to bring that up. All right. So yeah, that's it, guys. Um, we're to that final segment of the show. A minute to win it, a chance for you to talk about whatever you want. Um, Cooper, Brian, you guys have something? Mm, I guess I'll start, first? man. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, people are talking about the LeBron James decision that happened 10 years ago, and um, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm happy he left Cleveland. I, I guess I'm happy he left Cleveland because I've been to Cleveland. I've been to Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, and uh, there's one more city there I'm missing, Columbus, Dayton, Cleveland, and whatever. Cincinnati. Been to all of them. Um, every time I went to one of those cities, I was ready to leave. So it's, I, I understand him being a young black male with all that money and 24 years old or wherever he was going to Miami. Uh, definitely understand it. The media killed him for it. Uh, when you look back at it now, it's, it just seems foolish how people have all that hate and venom towards him. Now, if you lived in Cleveland, I understand because you pretty much have nothing all your life to root for. I get that. But if you're outside of Cleveland, I didn't get the hate against, uh, against LeBron James. It actually cost him an MVP that year. They ended up giving to Derrick Rose, who's going to be the only player to ever win an NBA MVP and not make the Hall of Fame. It was a really bad decision not to give it to LeBron. But 
the media likes stories and, you know, they don't like, they didn't like LeBron that year. So he didn't get his MVP award that he deserved. But just looking back on it, LeBron, I, I, I watched it again on TV and LeBron looked actually nervous and scared. Um, and I don't understand why people thought that he would stay in Cleveland. You wouldn't hold a press conference to say you're staying. I don't think that would have made any sense. You only hold a press conference to say that you're leaving. And from what all the, you know, whatever the story behind the story is, he didn't know what his destination he was going to until he woke up that morning because it was believed that New York was the front runner at that time. But New York sales pitch with um, Dolan and uh, what's the guy, the guy in the wheelchair, Donnie Walsh, they pretty much blew the sales pitch and wasn't prepared and which opened the door for Miami because LeBron was supposed to be set to go to New York to the New York Knicks. But uh, besides that, I want to talk about one more thing, and that's Raheem Mozart. I know people have asked me how I feel about Raheem Mozart, Mozart wanting a trade and, uh, you know, leaving the 49ers after the season he had. And I would say bye in good form. I mean, he had a good run. But one thing I never worry about when a, when a Shanahan coaches an NFL team is the running back position. It's sort of like Bill Belichick with corners. You think you might get a good guy on that team, but once you have him, he's not going to be the same player. I mean, Mike Shanahan had 1,000-yard rushers like Terrell Davis, Orlandis Gary, Mike Anderson, Clinton Portis, Reuben Jones, Tatum Bell. I mean, guys that went to other teams and did absolutely nothing. So and Devontae Freeman was like that. When Devontae Freeman hasn't been the same player for the Falcons since Kyle Shanahan left. So they know my, uh, Shanahan's no running backs like Belichick knows corners. If Belichick gives you a corner, I wouldn't take it because that means he – you know, he, he wouldn't let him go if he was that good. So if the Niners let this guy go or if they trade him, I would beware. Uh, I, I'm happy for Raheem Mozart. He has a nice story. He had a good run last year. Hope he does get paid. But the 49ers in position are not, you know, not in position right now to actually, uh, you know, pay a running back two or three more dollars, two, two or three million more dollars when we can use help in the uh, in the secondary. But that's all I want to say. Good looking. Yeah. B. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to say uh, I'm really impressed by the WNBA collectively, minus one person who I'll say talk about in a second. Um, you know, they're putting the the Black Lives Matter on their court, um, which the NBA announced afterwards that they would be doing. But I think it was kind of ob- obvious, and the way that all of the athletes of all different right, races and nationalities and backgrounds rallied when this obnoxious spit of a woman, Kelly Loeffler, decided to come out and, and write her note, you know, talking about how she wasn't asked and consulted and whether or not and, and Black Lives Matter is is an awful organization. And she gave a whole bunch of stuff and said that they were anti-Semitic, which I don't even know where the hell she got that from. Um, but when she decided to do that and the entire, all the athletes came right out and said, you know, Either I can't believe I played for you, um, you know, I can't, you know, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. Everyone came out, not not a little, not everyone came out. And I love that. Um, and and I, I have a lot of respect for that. I also thought it was great when it was very quickly pointed out uh, to, you know, in the media that Kelly Loeffler no longer has a, a management interest in the team. She is a silent owner. So there's no way in the world she would have ever have been um, asked any question about anything, let alone about this. Uh, And then I think it's also just very interesting that a senator from Georgia um, 
is the the one that kind of steps in it like this uh, with all the things that have been going on in Atlanta and Georgia and what that curse of a governor decided to do the minute the mayor got sick. I mean, it took less than an hour after the mayor got sick, a, fem- a black female, um, he announces that he's going to be sending the National Guard into Atlanta. Uh, that whole state is, is, is jacked up from beginning to end. Uh, and is is kind of a sick and disgusting. So it wasn't a surprise that a state senator, sorry, a senator from uh, Georgia was the one that popped off about her Florida-based investment because it's not even her team, uh, and thought that she thought it was going to go um, that they could, that she could do anything to kind of dissuade the the movement for for Black Lives Matter. But uh, anyways, rats, you know. F her basically is all I wanted to say. You about to say rats um, off? And I was about to, yeah. Yo. Um, and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then the other thing I'm going to say is uh, shout out to Charlie. Um, and uh, we'll try and cover more dressage uh, in the future. What? Look up dressage. It's a type of uh, of sport. Okay. All right. one, one that we will not be covering very much of under normal circumstances. Word to Charlie, bro. That was I, I was like, well, is this guy speaking for him? Um, wow, I'm still blown away. You almost said rats off. If you anyone wants to know, you gotta call me later on that. But um, so for me, real quick, couple just quick haters. One, I don't know if y'all seen, but Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas looks quite fantastic. Uh as a Raider fan, you know, I've always said the business part of it I get. You know, of course I wish they were in Oakland, but there's no way you could build a stadium like that in Oakland. Um, it's too expensive here and you can't raise taxes and Mark Davis didn't have the money at the time. Shout out to, I mean, he's, you know, he hasn't made every right decision. You know, he said he's, he's had some missteps along the way, but he definitely did what Al couldn't do in, in all that time and kind of took his lumps and worked with the league to get a top notch stadium. Uh, looks like possibly the best right now, right? Cause it's the newest LA's also open in a stadium. So I'm interested to see what happens with football there. Um, past that, that looks cool. Jason, you'll be seeing plenty of the new Las Vegas stadium on Madden um, in August next month. So I'll holler at you there. Um, but the other thing was just really kind of back to the HBCUs and top athletes going there. I think it's, you know, I hope more guys do uh, men and women, right? Because, you know, I ha- I've had some friends from SAC. Um, one of my homegirls was a, one of the top women, um, top women hoopers in the country at the time and, and went to Howard and, you know, she's got her picture up on in the athletic center and all that like so i think it's dope um and if some of those guys do go you know you got to think of the legacies they can create you know you go to north carolina of course you could follow jordan and you know how many millions of players which is dope right because those guys all stood before you but you go to a howard and become one of the first one of the few you know to a howard or texas southern or wherever you choose and become one of the few to actually do something and change the culture for a program and make it cool for you know not just academics because that's why you know i went there and a, a lot of us go there for the academics but to also add that sport and then you know you get the the benefit of you know being cheered on by people that look like you taught by people that look like you and you know that's no disrespect to any other organization it's just it's kind of putting those guys in a little bit of a bubble at a very um impressionable time in their lives where they're kind of have that that potentially um, support, right? Of course, I'm not saying it's perfect. Everything's not going to go right. That's just not life. But I think it's a great idea. And I hope some of those guys go and they have success when they go there and the schools can improve and, and get our facilities and, you know, just just grow even in just name, right? Because you do something like that, the name recognition grows. 
a lot of us know a Howard, a Morehouse, you know, Tuskegee, et cetera. But some of those guys start going to those schools, their reputation grows and they, they increase exposure. So I think it's great. Best of luck to all those, those young guys and, and, um, you know, black lives matter. So I thank everybody for listening. That's our show. It's June 6, 2020. I'm GB, Brian and Coop. Any last words? No, everyone stay safe, stay healthy. By all means. Yeah. That's it. Thanks. Everybody. Yeah, definitely. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Later. Don't let that Rona get out. Yeah. <laughs>